Hey friends, you're listening to episode 10 of Hot-Blooded. I'm your host, Kat Jones, and this is my podcast where I talk to people about love, rock and roll, and whatever else comes up along the way. I just got back to New York after a very long trip to the West Coast to quarantine with my family in Northern California, and it was the longest I've been there in about eight years. So I'm feeling like a new woman, and I'm back to recording in my bedroom in Brooklyn, New York. Um, which is a very weird time to be here still, but it's much better than it was when I left. So anyway, this week's guest is Aaron Hurd, who is the vocalist of the super politically charged metalcore band Jesus Peace, and also the bassist of the shoegaze band called Nothing. And similarly to how I met Nate Garrett from the last episode, I met Aaron when I was working at Kerrang! And I produced their K-Pit video, which was filmed in this little dive bar slash bowling alley in Brooklyn called The Gutter. And that night was pretty crazy because it was our first K-Pit video ever put on by the U.S. office since all the other ones up to that point had been filmed in London. So we were really anxious about getting it right. And unfortunately, we ended up sort of misunderstanding what the capacity of the room was. So we accidentally didn't RSVP enough fans, and the room could have fit far more people in it. But nevertheless, Jesus Peace is such an amazing live band that The Pit was still one of the most insane I've ever seen in my life, even with two-thirds of the room empty. In fact, my coworker Chris got spin kicked in the face and um, he got a loose tooth, which he realized right away and um, was really crazy. Anyway, we caught it on camera since we were filming the whole thing, of course. So naturally, we made a GIF of it and we sent it to the whole company. And I'm pretty sure if you search the right keywords, you can still find it on Giphy.com. I don't know what those keywords are, though. You'll have to figure it out. So immediately when the show was over, Aaron rushed out the door because he also had to play a show with nothing down the road that same night in Brooklyn. And I just remember wondering, how the hell does that dude have the energy to go play another show right now? Like he stomped and paced all over the stage and screamed his guts out and incited all kinds of chaos in that room. And then he just casually was going to go play a way bigger show to hundreds of people down the street. Insane. Anyway, Aaron has had a huge year this year for a couple of reasons. Um, First off, during the recent Black Lives Matter protests after the murder of George Floyd, Jesus Peace decided that they wanted to raise money for Reclaim the Block, which is a Minneapolis organization which works to move financial power from the police department to other areas of the community. So... They put out this shirt with a quote on the back from Fred Hampton, who's a famous Black Panther activist, that says, you can jail a revolutionary, but you can't jail the revolution. And the shirt was so successful that it ended up raising over $35,000, so much money that they decided to split the funds between Reclaim the Block and also two organizations from their hometown, the Philadelphia Bail Fund and the Pennsylvania Institutional Law Project. So that was one of the coolest and most inspiring things I've seen in the metal world in a really long time. And the other reason for Aaron's especially wild year is that amidst everything going on in the world, 
like revolutions and a pandemic and a million other things, he and his partner Storm had their first child, Leo. And obviously having a baby changes everything, no matter who you are. But between lockdown and trying to figure out how to make two bands work when you can't tour and trying to figure out how to navigate a very unjust world run by greedy assholes, um, it seems like right now would be a very crazy time to raise a kid. Like it would raise a whole set of challenges that I don't think any other American generation has seen quite like this before. And on top of that, prior to the pandemic, Aaron was used to touring constantly with two different bands. So this is the longest that he and Storm have been together in their entire relationship. And I think a lot of other couples are feeling the same way. So I wanted to ask him about all of the above, plus how love and the joy of fatherhood affects the songwriting process for a person whose music is traditionally incredibly bleak and negative, which is understandable given everything that's going on in the world right now. So I adore this dude and I hope that you enjoy our chat. Man, I was trying to remember when it was that we last saw each other in person. I f- wasn't that like I the K pit that we did that was show? like a year and a half ago, right? Yeah, that was a good good bit ago. Holy sure. shit. I just feel like this like what a year and a half. Like so much has happened. <laughs> <laughs> how how are you? Oh yeah, I mean I'm doing pretty good. I, I don't have much to complain about nowadays, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a new dad. Uh, got the two bands, you know, two records coming soon. And uh, got some fun shit on the side I've been messing with, too. So last year, all of a sudden, you found out you were going to be a dad. Tell me yeah. about that. Oh, it was fucking terrifying, mate. <laughs> like, I got the news and I was just kind of like, it almost was like the lights were on, but no one was home in a sense. We're like, my brain was moving so fast at, about just like anxiety and worry in all reality that I just like didn't have time to compute any like <laughs> <laughs> any like you know facial uh, movements. But yeah, you know, it was a pretty hard thing to really like just kind of take in because yeah, I tour twenty four seven. You know, I had, like a lot of concerns, but once you see that little guy, man or gal or whatever little person, he uh. It just changes everything, you know? All your worries kind of wash away. So, how long did it take you to, like, sink into that and, like, like be... To, to like, really feel like uh, like a dad or, yeah, like, like the, feel comfortable? Like, not, not once you were a dad, but, like, when you found out you were going to be a dad. Like, what was going through your mind and how... How did you <laughs> how did you come to the conclusion, like, this is going to be okay, I'm going to get through this? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. I did not have that conclusion until much, 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 much later. Really? Like until he came. Yeah, I mean, the whole nine months, I was stressing my ass off. I'm like, how the fuck am I gonna pay for this? like a baby? Like, I don't know. Like, I could barely take care of myself. I'm like a giant man child. <laughs> 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 but 
so I I straight up panicked for like nine months straight. Shout out to my my fucking my girl straight up because she had to deal with me being like a neurotic mess through that whole thing while dealing with her own shit, you know, like in her own hormones. But as soon as I like I said, as soon as I saw him, I was like, holy crap, man! Like I got this shit in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> So, what kinds of things would she do to kind of quell your fears about it and and help you calm down? Uh, you know, a nice back scratch here and there really helps. <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, no, I mean, like, we would just talk about it, you know? Communication is key, really. Like, if we weren't talking about it, then we'd both get in our heads about shit and nothing would go anywhere. It would just be, like, tension or something. But the more we talked, like, the more things, like, felt better about everything, you know? We felt more confident, I should say. Right. You know? Like, uh, I feel like nowadays with, like, you know, our age group and stuff, kids are, like, taboo in a sense, you know? People are like, what the fuck? Like, I'm not a fucking kid, dude. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, even I was like, well, what the hell? But Did you get a lot of that from your friends? Yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I'm friends with a bunch of musicians. Like, our job is to be away from home, you know? Like, that a family is, like, the epitome of home. And, like, you have to be there, you know? Like, right. You don't really have that freedom to roam the world and do whatever you want to do and not really have, uh, like, a real how do i how do i put this without sounding like an asshole like a constant in a sense you know what i mean like right now like even if i get bummed i always have something i can look to and be like you know life is pretty fucking cool you know <laughs> like music will stress me out to the point where i'm ready to explode or like life goals and then i get to just see my son and i'm like oh i don't really give a fuck about anything anymore you know did you ever think that you would be the kind of person who would say that Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck no. Uh-uh. I, I, kids terrify me. Like my All my brothers have kids, so many kids. I don't even know how many kids they have at this point, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. And I, <laughs> I, I'm like, you're the distant uncle who pops up and, you know, bust some jokes. But I just kind of like never thought about it like the thought just didn't enter my brain because i just stayed away from it so much to be honest like i've never been able to just debunk in my head that it's not that bad (laughs) you know what i mean right it's just always had like a a crazy negative connotation but it's fucking beautiful it's life it's what the real meaning of life is (laughs) you know i mean like having a family and you know and and being there for your loved ones and, and experiencing something that wholesome is like a game changer for you know someone like me who didn't exactly grow up in such a loving life you know so to go back so he was born like what three months ago uh just about four months ago he was born on march 3rd oh wow again this year has fucking flown by (laughs) jesus christ i feel like quarantine has just been like one giant blur mind fuck yeah so what was what was that like? Tell me about first of all, like what was it like realizing, oh my god, we're gonna be in the middle of a pandemic when when this baby comes? Quite frankly, we weren't thinking about that shit at all. Like she was in the hospital a little bit beforehand, like uh, you know, for some other shit. 
and then you know it went right into her being induced into you know having a baby so we were there in the hospital for a good two and a half weeks it felt like wow not even felt like it definitely was about two and a half weeks just chilling at jefferson like got acquainted with everybody on the floor busting up chicken salad sandwiches like crazy (laughs) and uh, you know by the time it came like we've only had hospital on the mind so we weren't thinking about anything going on outside of it but i'll tell you man if we were about a day or two later they don't they i don't think you know we would have been able to have friends and family at the hospital you know like we just missed that cutoff Jeez. yeah everything was like super secure in there you had to like wash your hands for like two minutes before you saw them and shit like all kinds of crazy stuff like washing your hands is so crazy but <laughs> it it feels like such a such a concept that we all took for granted forever and now it's like a matter of life and death yeah for sure like even with this mask shit and like people wigging out about masks and whatnot like you go to asia everybody's just chilling wearing masks like they just fuck with masks <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, People here are so bad about that shit. It's so funny to me. I don't know. I completely agree. Like I, I've, I will admit that before I was always like, why is that a thing? Why do they like? Yeah. Why are masks a thing in Asian culture? We and now I think it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Now I'm like, oh my god, it's because they're not being selfish assholes and they're being like, oh, I'm sick. I don't want to get anybody else sick, so I'm gonna wear this mask. Like, why didn't we? Yeah. Why did we not adopt that? forever ago even with like the common cold i feel like it's one of those things where like you've known the answer to like a dumb problem the whole time (laughs) yeah totally just like the most basic bullshit (laughs) yeah it's like fuck why didn't i think of that so what so were you in the room when she gave birth hell yeah dude it was crazy what was that like (laughs) uh for one, it was like the craziest shit ever because, you know, the, she had a shoulder dystocia. So, you know, shoulder got stuck under the pelvic bone and they, everybody had to rush in and basically, you know, have a tables, ladders and chairs match with their insides to get them out. Oh, my God. It's like 10 doctors ran in. And, Damn, Keenan, relax. Uh, so, there was like... Me and her mom in there with her, and then when they were like, oh, like they're having a shoulder dystocia or whatever the fuck over the thing, like 10 doctors ran in, and everyone just started like, there was like one up on top of the bed, standing on the bed over top of her. There were two on each side, like pushing on her stomach, and then there were like three or four of her, four doctors in front of her, like nurses and shit, and like her mom looked like she was about to pass the fuck out, but like, I was just kind of like, <laughs> like shocked, like, <laughs> I, I didn't see some shit in my day, but I've never seen something like this, you know? And like, even initially when his head popped out, like, this baby was gigantic compared to her, you know? Came out, he was like nine pounds, nine, two, or something like that. Jeez. And his head came out, and it was like easily five times bigger than I thought it would look like. Like, I've never watched a video of somebody giving birth outside of like, health class when i was in seventh grade but there was so much bush you didn't even know what the fuck was going on you know here like i saw that shit like right there and for one it gave me this insane amount of respect for her because i don't have a good time dumping sometimes and she pushed a whole baby out of her body you know what i mean like that's fucking a nine pound baby at that you know that's terrifying oh my god 
I, I grew up very fast in those couple of days, <laughs> basically like just seeing, you know, a human coming to this world, understanding my responsibilities a little bit better and coming to terms with a lot of my own selfish acts and, you know, like, uh, things that I do with my like behaviors and stuff like that. Like I just kind of had to confront all that stuff in a matter of a couple of days and it's probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Wow. It's definitely the best thing that's ever happened to me. That's so fucking cool, dude. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. That's like, I've never tried to put that into words. <laughs> right now. It was kind of like a scramble, but I'm hoping everybody's following me a little bit. I think so. <laughs> I mean, I think for anybody who hasn't been through that, it's so hard for anybody to understand what that yeah. is even like. I mean, I don't know what that's like. I, I imagine one day maybe I'll know what that's like, but like <laughs> hearing somebody put that into words is just incredibly cool. Yeah, man. It, it was it was something to behold for sure. Uh I mean it it's literally changed everything. Like any problem I was feeling, any kind of like anger I was harboring towards like stupid arguments or something we had, like none of that fucking mattered, man. Like now I'm probably gonna get fucking married in the next couple of years. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> you amazing. Know what I mean? Like this shit really like changed everything for me and like made me realize like what's important, you know. That's so cool, Aaron. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> I'm not used to wholesome shit in my life, so I'm like, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, it's, it's crazy. I don't know. It's funny doing this podcast because like I end up talking to like the gnarliest people about the most wholesome stuff and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel all like gooey inside. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I see this dude scream his guts out on stage and now he's talking about yeah. his baby. And <laughs> yeah, now he's talking about his life changing. Wow. Yeah. yeah like I, uh... When I saw you guys live, when we did the Kerrang thing, um, the pit was so insane that somebody spin kicked my coworker in the face and he had a loose tooth. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, oh, I'm shit, sure. Man. I mean, like, I'm laughing. I guess he, he, he'll probably listen to this and he'll be like, you fucking asshole cat. But also, oh. that's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, we started feeling like it, maybe it was a little lackluster because, like, you know, we only planned for so many people to be there, but the room seemed to have fit maybe, like, triple that. You know what I mean? So yeah. We were like, oh, I think that was our fault. Weird, I think but. we were told a capacity that was not necessarily correct. And so, we, we planned on something. And then we felt bad because we were like, uh, whoops, we could have fit, like, three times as many people in here. It's yeah. definitely a and it didn't help that I was playing another show right up the street in like minutes afterwards, you know what I mean? Oh, that's right, because you had a nothing <laughs> show right afterwards. Yeah. Jesus, what an I insane just ran time. Right up there. But yeah, Dude, I mean, like, what, a, I mean, that's what I mean is like, I see dudes do insane shit like this or, or women do insane shit like this and um and then i get to hear them talk about beautiful moments in their life so i feel very fortunate <laughs> <laughs> oh, i'm glad man so take me back um how did you and storm meet in the first place ah uh, you know usual internet talking bullshit really <laughs> then uh yeah like i was gonna i was stuck in uh rock some rock hill no uh, it was in Monta Montana or some crazy shit like that. Like we were driving uh back from San Francisco, 
and our van was like literally on its like on the last leg of its transmission like it shit out on us in san francisco and we were like fuck it we're gonna try and drive this shit home and (laughs) it didn't work uh we broke down in the middle of uh wyoming i think it was oh my god rocks rock springs wyoming that's what it is and it was like there was civilization but where we broke down we just thought we were in the middle of fucking nowhere kind of deal so we just hung out at this motel for a couple days and i was in a denny's (laughs) after finding some super sketchy gas station weed and talking to my friend dom about like no bullshit and i got a message or like i saw this girl liking my stuff and i was like I'm about to slide, and I like, made a joke to <laughs> Dom, and I was like, Dom, who is notoriously like not smooth with words, I was like, yeah, dog, like, what do I say? Like, tell me what to do, and he like chickened out about it, so I didn't say anything. And then maybe like three minutes later, she actually messaged me, and I was like, oh shit, okay. Maybe oh, that's this is, so like, awesome. Universe, like passing some weird shit on. So after that day, we just like kept talking and kept talking, and then it turned into more than that, and. She ended up moving up to Philly and living with me. And we've been living together for like, what, three years? Two years? Two, three years? Damn, that's awesome. Where did she live before? Alabama. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, middle of fucking nowhere, dude. It just looks like Pennsylvania, honestly. You were going to slide into her DMs, and then she ended up sliding yeah. into your DMs instead. Minutes. Yeah, minutes <laughs> apart. Meant to be. Yeah, seriously. That's like kismet so- for the for the modern age. <laughs> most definitely man so you guys moved in together like right away no like she was down in uh, alabama for a while and like after she came to visit here a couple times it kind of i think like the contrast of city life versus being in the middle of nowhere in alabama with a bunch of rednecks and right-wing cats i mean doesn't really sound like the best time <laughs> for sure and i'm pretty like chill about that i mean i don't ever mind having company you know and you know will it be a loved one that's awesome so i just talked to the guys and they were cool about it what was it like the first time that you ever saw her in person that was a little awkward (laughs) (laughs) i don't know we didn't like do too much it was just kind of like trying to become acquainted but she was kind of shy at the time you know and i'm you know pretty boisterous at times (laughs) (laughs) So it was like a little odd, and then like once we kind of shook the dust off, it was cool. Yeah. That's it's always so interesting, like when when people meet online and you talk, like you talk so freely online, and then you meet in person, and it's like you've seen that person's weirdest, most inner thoughts on Twitter, and yet yeah. talking <laughs> to their face feels so different. Yeah. yeah it's always weird to me i try to like keep up with the both of them like uh it seems like it's it's very much so like a a thing nowadays where people are a completely different person than they are online and whenever i meet people like that i always try to like break them out of their shell because i'm like i know it's in there like it's definitely in there you just got to get a little more comfortable you know right I've seen the weird shit you post online. I know that you're a weirdo in there. Yeah, I know you got some <laughs> shit cooking in there. <laughs> yeah, especially these days when, you know, we're not really seeing each other in person very much. So I feel like we're seeing the inner thoughts of our friends far more often than we were before. It's kind of a scary thought. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting to know who people really are. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't think I really want to do that so much anymore. <laughs> yeah, me too, man. Are you feeling like you're pretty sick of quarantine? Yeah, I mean, honestly, dude, I could sit here and say that I'm fucking sick, but I, even when it wasn't quarantine, I would find excuses to bail all the time and not leave my house. You know what I mean? Right. I, so, like, I could sit here and be like, oh, I fucking hate it, but this is what I like to do anyways. You know, so I've just been trying to keep busy instead of, like, going, like, you know, cabin fever crazy at all. It's been working, but I don't know. I've been skateboarding a lot. <laughs> is that something you did all the time before? Yeah, I mean, I've skated all my life, you know. Whenever it gets warm out in Philadelphia, like, that's when I go out. I don't really like to skate in the cold. It sucks. Yeah, I can imagine. And now summer's happening. I'm just, like, watching our summer go down the drain. That and the baby, too. So, it's like, I got to pick and choose a little bit, too. So, before, when you were touring all the time, what was it like maintaining your relationship while you were on tour and like trying to figure out communication because you were in two two different bands that tour like all the yeah. time well i'll tell you what i mean i'll get right to the i'll cut right to the chase i am horrible at communicating when i'm on the road it's a constant problem with me and my partner. <laughs> 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 like i very much get into like this swing of things where my days will just start blending into each other and like a week will go by and i won't realize it and, you know, the phone calls kind of get lost in this, like, weird slipstream of just being, like, wake up, be stoned, get to the venue, play the show, be even more stoned, go to sleep. You know what I mean? Right. And it's just, like, this constant, like, wheel of honestly being stoned, and it, and it ruins a lot of shit for me. How have you guys had to work through that? You know, I just get cussed out from time to time. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like you deserve it. I definitely deserve it for sure. No, like, I mean, it's the best way to, you know, get over it for us is basically I just like apologize a crap ton and I cook a bunch of dinners and stuff. And, you know, I'm lying. I don't do that. I'm fucking (laughs) I, I, I just honestly, I get yelled at about it for sure. Not like yelled at, but like we'll talk about it and. You know, I tried to be better with it, and I'm getting there, of course, but until I have a tour with a perfect attendance, I can't talk shit. You know what I mean? I just got to chalk it up. I'm a bad communicator. (laughs) (laughs) I I feel like for a lot of musicians, this is the longest that they've ever spent in the same town as their partner. Is that true for you guys? Um, I mean, right now is the longest we've been together in like I feel like a year and a half, maybe two years even. Damn. Do you feel like that's taught you a lot about communication? Yeah, for sure. It, it's taught me a lot about myself and, you know, it's highlighted a lot of issues that I definitely need to figure out for myself. Uh, just as far as like communication goes and getting stuck in like mood swings and stuff like that and learning how to work through them instead of just... You know, just leaving and going somewhere. I can't really do that. I kind of have to confront everything now, you know. Right. And it's it's healthy, you know. It's hard, but it's it's for the best. You know, that's really it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it makes sense. Like, you're you're stuck in the same house. You can't, like, <laughs> can't be like, well, I'm yeah. hopping in the van. I'm going to talk to you uh, yeah. in a couple of days. Like, you have to yeah, look just, them in the eyes. Put my phone down. It's kind of shit. Yeah, I just got to be like, ah, fuck, yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> the sacred sorry. 
<laughs> so what would you say that Storm has taught you about life? About life? Yeah. A lot, honestly. Like, she's actually sitting across the table from me right now. But <laughs> <laughs> she's taught me a lot about life. Uh, you know, I've never known anybody from fucking Alabama or anyone who'd like, you know, really live there and experience living in the South and growing up in the South, you know, and she's half Native American and she's telling me a oh, fuck about that, you know, like I didn't really know too much. <clears throat> it's like about, you know, the issues you know, surrounding the society and whatnot and I would honestly like, I. it sounds like I wouldn't know about it, but I wouldn't be as versed in it as I am now because, like without her. And I mean, outside of those two things, like She's taught me a, a lot about love and a lot about communication and a lot about just being a good person, you know, like right. we, we're from Alabama, we grew up the same. So like, you know, we like, we hang out, like we would hang out, like we've known each other forever, basically, like because of our upbringing being so similar, we're very similar in a lot of different ways. So like we busted up, we curse each other out and shit. Like when we all know it's fun and games, like hell, I get cursed out more than I curse her out. <laughs> you know I mean? But like, it's just, I never thought that I could find another person that is as similar, but super fucking different. You know what I mean? Like, it made me feel like it's possible to, to get by, uh, you know, making friends with people who are so much different than you because under the surface, there can be so much more to these people that you relate to, you know? Like, I guess the classic ju don't judge a book by its cover shit, but like not so much focused on, you know, looks or anything like that. That's awesome. That makes any sense. Yeah, it totally makes um, sense. That's so cool. So something that I hear all the time from all kinds of people is that like, you know, when women give birth, they bond with the baby like right away. And for men, it takes a little bit longer. Do you feel like you experienced that or do you feel like the bond happened like right away? You know, it did take a little bit. I mean, like, the bond was there. Like, I looked at him, like, well, yeah, this is my baby and shit. You know what I mean? Like, it felt good, but. Right. Like, that kid fucking hated me for, like, the first month or two. Really? <laughs> like, I would pick him up and he would hold my, like, he would put his hands on my shoulders, stare me directly into the face and just scream into my face, like, looking oh, no. me in my eyes. <laughs> I was like, well, damn, fool. <laughs> so, you only fucking got my chromosomes and shit in you. Like, what the hell? you'll know me now or something like <laughs> but once that like went away and he like you know it's like it's like the most subtle shit in the world because like he'll just I'll, I'll be holding him one day like you know and he'll just grab my arm back as if like to hold it for security something that small where you know in his brain it's starting to you know like process like this is someone I can trust you know like those small intimate moments like they're life-changing things you know like you've got this blank disc in front of you basically and it's up to you to load the correct programs on it you know and as it slowly comes together like every single day something new is happening you know it's uh i don't know it's <laughs> <laughs> I, I dive too deep on it but no i, I love it, it i love the metaphor like about like, like it being a blank disc that you have to load the right programs on that's uh yeah man you don't want to corrupt your hard drive before it even starts <laughs> <laughs> this is your man like, 
but just to see like all these like core functions coming, you know, manifesting right in front of you is awesome. And, and in that foundation, it's this love for you, a love that you probably could never understand in all reality. You know? Right. Like the love you have for your parents, of course, like that, you know, deep down, like spiritual love, you know, like that's your family. You're seeing that develop directly in front of your eyes and it's, it's untouchable, man. It's next level. Wow. That's so awesome. How did it feel the first time that he grabbed onto you for security or like let you hold him without screaming and stuff like that? Uh, both of those times were incredibly moving and I cried both times. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> Dude, I cry all the time. I can't help it. I'm like hanging out and he'll just do like, he'll just like be crying or something like super hard and like screaming and I'll hear it from downstairs and I'll just come up and be like, what the hell's going on, little man? And he'll just look and just give me this huge smile and I'll just be like, damn, fools. <laughs> like, I worked my whole life to feel that kind of happiness and you just gave it to me in like a blink of a second. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, uh, it's, it's like magical in a sense. Like, I want to say it feels, it's like unnatural, but it's, it's literally natural. <laughs> it's like <laughs> right. the epitome of natural. Yeah. It's like the, you know? the textbook yeah. definition of natural, but still. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels so unnatural. So out of this world. But oh man, it's it's crazy. I don't, I feel like I feel like I'm talking about like the love of my life right now. I'm like googly eyed talking about my kid. It's crazy. This is, I think this is the most I've vocalized about having a kid and being stoked about having a kid. To be honest, <laughs> I'm honored that you would share that with me. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I I went into this podcast knowing what it is, and I was like, well, you can't come in there being fucking invulnerable and not like talking, you know. I want to come up here and just be like, yeah, uh, I scream and I love people sometimes. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm Aaron Hurd and I scream and I love people sometimes. Yeah, I do love sometimes uh, <laughs> between music. But no, nah, it's this is cool. I don't, I, I don't get a chance to talk about the positive things in life much. You know, I sing about very negative things. I feel negative things a lot of the time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, right. This is a, a positive change of pace, you know, continuously vocalizing such negative shit all the time. You know, you manifest it sometimes, even when you don't want to. And it's, it sucks. And <laughs> it, it starts to take a toll on, you know, the human psyche. So it's good to do things like this to balance it out. So do you feel like as an artist that this will influence your your art to be different or do you think you're going to keep on channeling the negativity into that stuff? Well, I mean, whether I have a baby or not, I'm still like an incredibly angry person at times. <laughs> so like I don't think that's going anywhere. Right. It's just it's a little harder to write songs. That's really it. Because when I do write, I don't like to write some bullshit or something that I don't truly feel to my core. Mm-hmm. So that when we play, I'm not faking the funk. Like, you're really getting that anger out of me. You know what I mean? And with things going so well, it's going to be kind of hard to write about things that I'm angry about. Because I'm not really angry about much <laughs> totally. anymore. You know what I mean? So, that's like, it, it presents a bit of a, like, you know, a challenge, but... 
I mean, I'm not scared of shit. You know what I mean? I've been doing this shit for like 10 years now. Totally. And, you know, I mean, you guys just did something recently that I thought was incredibly cool that, you know, obviously there's so much to be angry about in the world right now, but you guys spun that in a really positive way by raising like, what was it like $35,000 for those three charities with that shirt? Yeah. There's actually, you know, still fundraisers up. Like we, that just that shirt alone did, you know, over 35 K, but we still have some of the money so we can, you know, ship all the shirts out and whatnot. And once that's done, we're going to donate the rest of that too. But outside of specifically just the American one, we have, uh, you know, the Europe fundraiser. And I just, you know, we just sorted out one with uh, Makoto from a band called Sand in Japan. He has a store called Afterbase. It's like the fucking beep store in Osaka, Japan, straight up. And he, you know, hit me up to do a collab basically and like wanted to bring these shirts to Japan. So he, you know, did the original shirt and a newer shirt that I did um, with, you know, a brown bag lunch on the front and then uh, Malcolm X quote on the back. So those two shirts will be running in Japan for like a month. Oh, so cool. So I like, it's just about like, you know, like I've written political songs and stuff and people, you know, sometimes look at us as a political band, but like we're, you know, me, Lou, as people of color, like, we don't really have a choice but to be political. You know, our existence is political. You know? Like, right. it's not like, a like, one day we're going to be a fast party band and uh, now <laughs> we're, you know, like, we we would be stupid not to be talking about what the fuck is going on right now. You know what I mean? And with the platform that we have, yeah, we could speak all we wanted to, but we could also fucking fundraise, man, and we all kind of just made that happen because it needed to happen. I think it needs to happen more often, really, you know? I agree. Like, especially if we want to move, you know, past police and, and whatnot, like, we all really have to come together as a community and start looking out for everybody, you know? And I'm, I just want to do my part, and JP wants to be the change that we want to see, really. Well... Hell yeah. I mean, it's incredibly awesome. And your music is the perfect fuel for that, too. I feel yeah, like, for sure. like, <laughs> yeah, like, if I want to get hyped about getting political and, you know, getting angry about things that we should all be angry about, listening to yeah. a Jesus Peace record is a great way to do yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely. How does it make you feel when people are like, keep politics out of music? Like, <laughs> I, dude, <laughs> like I, we're seeing all the time. I just want to ask him, like, where the fuck were you in like the last thirty years? <laughs> like, where have you been, dude? Like, some of like the biggest fucking musical happenings in America have been like centered around politics. You know what I mean? Like, right. Most of the biggest bands talk about politics. Rage Against the Machine. People were talking about keep, keep politics out of this, like. Rage Against the Machine, man. What the I know. fuck are you talking about? <laughs> I saw that like a couple weeks ago or whatever, and I was like, what the fuck did they think was going on this whole time? I just don't understand. I mean, even yeah. the music that like my parents raised me on, like, you know, 70s folk, like songs like Ohio yeah. by Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, like about the Kent State shooting. Yeah. I mean, like... How and think about that. That Kent State shooting, like I'm not trying to downplay it or nothing, but just the Kent State shooting that has lived all this long 
and the shit that's going on today in comparison, like, this, it seems like the things that they went through then, like, things now should be way, 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 way bigger. You know what I mean? Like, right. They felt it necessary to write about that shit in, you know, American history books, which they leave a lot of shit out of. Of course. <laughs> you know what I mean? And even if they chose to write about that, like, it's still, like, a, a brutality issue. Like, what the hell, man? Like, just be right. consistent, you know? <laughs> what drives me crazy is that it's our boomer parents who listen to this stuff, and yet yeah. it's their generation that doesn't seem to understand what we're fighting for right now. And I just wanna I wanna like put all their records in front of them again and be like, Did did you forget? Yeah, straight up. Like what happened? Fox News washed them out. <laughs> for real. Yeah, sometimes even the more yeah. liberal channels like um uh i i've been in california for a lot of quarantine and watching my parents watch the news every night has been really eye-opening to me because i don't have normal tv i think most of our generation does not have normal tv so when you when you see the fear-mongering happening on like cable news it is like a visceral experience it's so weird and our parents are watching that every fucking day (laughs) yeah actually that makes a lot of sense like uh I've been, like, watching, like, some COVID shit from time to time to keep up with it. And, like, just, like, seeing some of, like, the Trump commercials and stuff like that. Like, you would think that people were literally having a race war right now. Totally. (laughs) You would think that, I mean, there kind of is, you know what I mean? But, like, you would think that it was, like, people really out here, like, going at it, you know? Like. It's it's almost past just regular fear mongering. Like I feel like this dude is like mobilizing in a sense, you know. Yeah, it's really really terrifying propaganda. Fuck yeah. So when you're bitch though. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You are a hundred percent, hundred and ten percent correct. (laughs) So you know, being a brand new dad while all this is going on, have you been thinking about how you're going to tell Leo about this stuff growing up? Well, yeah, I mean, I I planned on doing that already, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't plan on pulling any punches and talking about American history. Like, I don't plan on putting him in school. Like, we're going to homeschool him and just fucking make sure he gets everything like straight, you know what I mean? That's awesome. Thinking about us being in school and, like, through grade school and, like, grades, like, you know, one through fucking six you don't really learn jack shit you know what i mean like you just touch touching the tips of like geography and stuff like that you know what i mean right like i don't really want to waste all that time trying to teach my kid and also paying the taxes and all that other shit for it i'd rather just literally put him on the right track that he needs to be on and if i can get him to a level where he's ready for you know a college education or to move past that way before 12 years then i you know i've done my job and then just be a good dad from there on. <laughs> be there for him, you know what I mean? Right. Like I didn't have. Yeah, that must be a really insane thing, like breaking that cycle. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, it's the reason why I get so emotional as much as I do with my son because I'm like, I don't even know, like I'm not even mirroring anything. Like this is all just fucking completely new to me. And it's something else, man. <laughs> it is something else. In a good way, of course. But How do you feel like 
Leo being in your life has like changed you as a person? You know, I, I really, really, uh, needed to do this already, but I stopped looking at my life. Like it's only the present. Like I've ran away from the thoughts of the future for my entire adult life. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I've just, I've avoided so much shit that I needed to take care of. And I've just, I've neglected the, the, you know, the real part of life, like actual life for music so long that I got into only living in the moment. And while that's really great for sometimes for a family, that's not the fucking move. You know what I mean? Right. So I just like, it's really just switched up my entire mindset. You know what I mean? Like I'm not thinking a year or two ahead of time anymore. Like I need plans. I need to get to it. That's incredible. What an awesome 180 to do. Yeah, seriously, like partying nonstop. I mean, like I still party from time to time, but like not nearly as much as I was doing with all my friends and on tour and all that shit. Took a big step back from all that and just kind of like really grounded myself. So now when you hear your friends talking about like, why would you have kids or like evangelizing the idea of like not having kids because the world sucks or whatever. How do you yeah. respond? What do you tell them? Uh, you know, I want to say something like, yeah, nice and inspiring, but I'm always like, I totally understand. Cause in all reality, like we were just talking about the state of the U S like, this is not a good environment to bring a child into totally in all reality. However, you know, life throws this fucking, you know, it's left and rights. All you can do is dip them. And I'm not saying that in like a negative connotation as far as my family goes, but I mean more so like, you know, this is the cards that we're given and we're going to play with them, you know, this is our hand. Uh, but if, if and when my friends do talk about it, I'm always like, you know, you could definitely learn something from having a child. You know what I mean? I always make that a point. But like, you'll learn a whole lot about yourself. You think you know yourself now, you know what I mean? Like a lot, a lot will come to light when you have to realize and look down that barrel of, you know, real life. <laughs> totally. <laughs> like, real fucking life, you know. But I'll never sway anybody for like feeling like it's corny to have a kid because, you know, I felt the same way. <laughs> totally. If you're not built to have a kid, do not have a kid because we don't need anybody else that's all fucked up anymore. You know what I mean? Like we need people who are going to take care of their kids and show their kids wrong, like right from wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. If you aren't ready to have a kid or you feel like that's not your thing, don't fucking have one. You know, <laughs> like don't do that to yourself. You know, but I and mean, don't do that to the world. <laughs> yeah, most importantly, you don't want to put another you know bad apple, quote unquote, out here. You know, our parents fucked so many people up <laughs> that now we got to deal with it. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, we have to clean up, up the, it's up the pieces. Us. Yeah, literally. So. Yeah, no, I never swear anybody for not wanting to have kids. Hell yeah. But if you did want to have kids, I'll tell you that that shit is fucking cool as hell and you'll never feel anything like it. <laughs> That's so cool. So if you're listening and you want to have a baby, do that shit. Unless you don't, then don't do that <laughs> shit. So overall, how would you say that having a kid has changed your relationship with Storm? Oh, dude, I mean, it changed it in so, in so many ways, but every single way, it all groups into the same. It's just made our relationship real. You know what I mean? Like, not saying that it wasn't when we were dating, but 
this isn't just some like boyfriend girlfriend my boyfriend's being a dick thing anymore like this is my life partner right you know like no matter what happens no matter how we fight even if we're not you know together anymore like this is still my partner for the rest of my life making sure that this little guy has the best experience that he can have in such a shitty world you know and that's going to take a lot of hard work and i'm going to need a partner to do that and she's going to need one you know and we both understand that and what advice would you give people about how to maintain a relationship like that listen listen and fucking act you know what i mean you say you're gonna do something do it you feel like there's some issues going on address it talk about it in a in a positive way in a healthy way get to the bottom of it because at the end of the day it's up to you and your partner to make things good and no one else you know that makes sense to me that's really it <laughs> like it, it seems like a very like normal and like well-known thing but it's not you know just listen to your partner (laughs) you'll figure out what you need to figure out you know that's it well aaron thank you so much (laughs) dude anytime this this has been really 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 beautiful and um i'm so happy for you guys hey thanks and for leo because he's got a good set of parents thanks (laughs) (laughs) that means the world to me I appreciate that of course nah dude it's been good talking this episode of Hot Blooded was hosted written and produced by me Kat Jones it was edited and co-produced by Evan Dulaney and the theme song was written by Jordan Olds the logo was made by Corey Largent, who goes by Insane Clam Pasta on Instagram, and additional graphics were made by Jonathan Amaya. Thank you so much to everyone who subscribed on Patreon, but especially those who subscribe to the Lover tier, Janet Talenko Davis, Mark Bassett, Rob Menzer, Ryan Cardi, Ronnie Rodriguez, Benny Bobo, and the band Drug Salad. If you feel like subscribing, that's definitely the best way to help out. You can find it at patreon.com slash hotbloodedpodcast. I do fun things like write essays and give playlists and do AMAs. And um, it's just a great community place for all of us to talk to each other. I always give 20% of the money away to an organization fighting racial inequality. July's donation will go to the Black Hills Legal Defense Fund, which will pay the legal fees for the indigenous treaty defenders who were arrested when they blocked the road to Mount Rushmore on Friday, July 3rd, when Trump was on his way to make his speech. If you ever want to shoot us a tip but don't want to subscribe, you can cash app us at Hot Blooded Podcast. To learn more about the show, head to hotbloodedpodcast.com. And if you have any comments, concerns, love letters, whatever, you can send them to me at hotbloodedpodcast at gmail.com. See you next week. But in the meantime, check in on your friends, even the happy ones. They'll be glad you did. Bye.